it is cold as hell here. I'm talking like the last three days it has barely gotten above, I don't know, 15 degrees or something like that. It's 25 degrees and decidedly I decided it was the heat wave and I would take myself on an extended walk. That's where I'm at. Um, I can tell you one thing, somebody that lived in Minnesota on and off as long as I did, I do not miss that. Not even a teeny tiny bit. That kind of cold that like makes your eyelashes cold. No, thank you. I'm so good on that. So what did I do? I came right on home and made soup. <laughs> Bury me in soup. If I was a poster child for any sort of food, let it be soup forever and always. Uh, I was having a conversation with somebody with one of my followers on Instagram. I put little... Um, clips of, you know, like my, uh, process, if you will, nothing fancy. There's no equipment involved, right? Just like little snippets of, you know, how I'm making pozole. And, um, they were like, I, you know, I, you don't do this as much anymore. I love when you do this. I love getting to see your process. I think that it would be so fun if you did like a live like cooking video basically. And I was like, you are kind. And also I don't, I don't know if I have my shit together enough for that. There would be like a lot of number one there. Well, I was gonna say there'd be a lot of swearing. There would be, and not because it's like, I'm fumbling about in the kitchen per se, but, um, I am lots of things and tech savvy. It's not one of those things. So there's like the light and the stand and the blah. But anyways, I don't know if I'm going to commit to doing that anytime soon, but, um, it was fun to talk about pasole and the, the process and how I learned how to make it. And I was talking to another one of my friends that, you know, was like, where did you learn how to make that? Where did you pick that up from? And I guess I didn't realize just, well, <clears throat> I don't know if it's necessarily, well, it is regional, right? But here in Colorado, pozole is, I mean, it's a thing, right? I mean, I don't know many people. I don't know if I know any in my circle that have never had it. I don't know. It's just like a soup that we eat here <clears throat> and that we love um, and that I love so much. It's like hands down one of my most favorite soups of all time. And I haven't made it in a while and it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, sparked a little cooking kind of spark again. I, I mean, I have been cooking, but pozole is not hard to make by any means. Um, but I mean, there's like, there are things required and like steps and parts of it are a little bit tedious and you know, I, I feel like I used every single pot and strainer and bowl and I used the instant pot and I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> for it being soup, it felt rather project cooking, if you will. And I don't know, it was kind of nice. I mean, I've been, you know, like in and out of the kitchen pretty much for the last four or five hours. And a lot of that is hands off. You know, I was, uh, joking this morning about how I wasn't going to make the hominy from 
scratch. I mean, obviously I'm not growing it, but you know what I'm saying? I wasn't going to get dried hominy. I was just going to get like the canned stuff and that's what I always do and blah. And then I got to the store and the only can that they had was like that enormous industrial can. And I was like, well, dried it is. Joke's on me. So, you know, and I didn't have the opportunity to soak it the night before. So I kind of had to do a quick soak in the Instant Pot and then cook it. And then you have to sear the pork and you have to toast your chilies and your spices. And then you have to blend the chilies and the spices with onion and garlic and some of the soaking liquid. Wicked. Oh my word. What did I even just say? Soaking liquid that I rehydrated the chilies with. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was just... It's been nice to to do something that has, I don't know, like required a little a little bit extra. So that's what I've been doing today. And then, like I said, it was really fun to uh, just kind of be able to chat with people that were not certain about what it was that I was making and um, kind of go back and forth. And so I hope that y'all have the opportunity to do something like that this week for yourself if you are into that sort of thing. Spend some time in your kitchen uh, and make something that you love. Bonus points if you're sharing it with folks that you love in addition to that. At any rate, the pozole is simmering. Everything is done at this point. Uh, And now I have to go chop you know like all of the garnish I have to mandolin the radish and um dice a bunch of white onion and so in the meantime I'll hang out with y'all let's get right on into it Leslie in New Mexico wrote hi I follow you on Instagram and I just realized that you have a podcast I love this so much I have listened to a handful of episodes and I thought the episode of you and Jess having COVID was awesome. Has she done a class for you yet? Keep up the awesome work. For those of you that are listening and like, what the hell are you talking about? Jess and I had COVID and we recorded an episode together and um, she went to culinary school and you know, things that I love to cook are heavily Asian influenced and Mexican and South American, Latin inspired type things. That's what I grew up eating. And she's, you know, like a culinary school brat and makes like, you know, Americana, heavy French inspired. And that's completely out of my depth. I do not. Roulad who? That's not entirely true, right? I mean, like I make some things, but anywho, she's the expert there. I am not. And so one of the things that we were talking about was (laughs) how she could teach me a few things. Has she actually done a class per se? No, she has not. Jessica, if you're listening to this, you owe me. (laughs) You owe me a class. Um, But she has not. Uh, I will circle back to that at some point when it does happen. I think I'll probably have to choose something like specific that I'd like to learn is my guess. Um, At any rate, 
um, she sort of turned the tables earlier this week and um, made like a lovely sort of Japanese, pseudo-Japanese spread. And, you know, to her, it was like, I'm just slicing a bunch of raw fish and making some dipping sauces. But I thought that it was fun to watch her sort of, I wouldn't say necessarily take herself out of her comfort zone, but, you know, that's definitely my wheelhouse. And cassoulet and duck confit are her wheelhouse. And so I thought that it was really lovely that she did something um, a little bit different. And I think that that made it that much more special. You know, I did um, a couple of months back, got just a couple of oysters that that we could have as, you know, like an appetizer while we cooked dinner. And I mean, really, I got them so that I could watch her shuck oysters, you know, <laughs> it's like, absolutely, you want to talk about things that are absolutely out of your wheelhouse. That's one of them. But um, yeah, that was really fun to watch her do. So I don't know, I'm gonna have to like, think about that and see if I can kind of like nudge her in that in that direction because I do think that it would be fun and I'm glad that you listened to that episode. I remember exactly where we were when we recorded that episode and what a bizarre week. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I appreciate you. Um, I also was thinking about uh, just, you know, food in general, right? Like that was one of the first things that her and I connected on, obviously, right? And it's definitely still like such a love language for both of us, right? Like, let me feed you, let me cook for you. Um, and I love that that's something that we sort of go, you know, come to my house and I'll, and I'll cook for you and vice versa. And so, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to get a class out of, I'm going to get a class out of that one. At any rate, <clears throat> Lauren from Washington state wrote... Hi, Ava. Thank you so much for talking about your cottage bakery and getting started. It's always been a dream of mine, but I'm so afraid to dive in. How did you go about doing that? And what do you recommend for someone that has never worked for themselves? Whoo. So if you go back in the very beginning, there are some episodes that we talk about this. Last week's episode, I did speak to a cottage bakery and sort of what it takes from like a logistics standpoint. We talked about narrowing down your menu, sort of having a niche. Um, and I really think for like full transparency reasons, you know, I think that it's important to share and understand that what I do now, you know, it was owning a bakery was in, in, in any capacity, whether it was like a brick and mortar or a micro bakery, which is what I consider myself to have, meaning I don't own a brick and mortar. I operate out of a commissary. And so that, you know, it that wasn't something that I pined over as a child. You know, I... I have always loved cooking. I actually wanted to go to culinary school when I was in high school. 
you know, and I remember daydreaming about owning a restaurant someday and being a chef and all of these things. But number one, I never liked baking. And number two, again, yeah, that just like was not something that I was, you know, overly passionate about and just couldn't wait to sink my teeth into, you know, when I started Buttermoon, it was really sort of, I wanted, I had been a stay at home parent. Um, Maddox was just very itty bitty. It was barely a couple months old and I wanted the opportunity to still be able to raise them and be home with them. And that was really how it started. It was really me, you know, essentially, how can I have my cake and eat it too? No pun intended. How can I generate some income while also, you know, primarily caring for my two young children? And then uh, when I decided to separate from my then husband, you know, that's really when I was like, okay, I have to, you know, my, my children have never been in in daycare, I'm all day. No, Maddox is so tiny. Um, I'm going to be living on my own now. What can I do that's going to afford me, you know, while I'm sorting through all of this and uh, working out logistics from that standpoint, you know, how am I going to approach that and what's going to lend me enough, you know, sort of flexibility to be able to do both for a while. So I think that it's important to start there. You know, when we talk about risk taking and taking leaps, you know, I I do think that it is important to understand your why in that regards, right? I mean, like if you're doing this because you would like to get rich really quickly or you, you know, want a very stress-free, carefree life. I mean, please do not own your own business. And I don't, you know, there are so many fantastic and, you know, magical and opportunity affording things that come along with owning your own business. But, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth later on, but identifying your why, you know, why are you passionate? What are, is it, is it a means to an end? Are you passionate about your product? Because for me, it's not so much about the pastry that I turn, right? It's, I mean, it's not about the biscuits themselves. The product is great, right? I love feeding people. I love how what I do allows me to connect with people the way that I am able to connect with them. I love that I can be at farmer's markets. I love getting to know my clients. I love being in a position to, you know, give back to my community in in terms of like mutual aid or monetary or being able to feed people through donations. And so there are so many fantastic parts of owning your own business, whether that's a cottage bakery or whatever. 
But I do think that it is important to get super crystal clear about why it is that you would like to do this. For me and mine, it was, I felt very much almost as though I didn't have a choice. I mean, it's a privilege, right, to do what I do. It takes a lot of work. But also in that moment, in, when I really decided to make that decision, it felt like that this is this is how I'm going to make it. You know, this is how I am going to be able to smoothen the edges of this transition for not only my kids, but for myself. And so if you just love making cupcakes and you feel like your cupcake is above all other cupcakes in the universe, so be it. You know, I think that no matter what we do, there's risk involved. I don't know what you do for a living. I don't know if you're working or if you if you stay home now, you know, but there's risk in not. There's risk in not taking the risk, right? I mean, are you going to look back and wish that you did? Or is it going to be another year and you're going to be like, damn it, I wish that I just would have done that. Are you going to give yourself the chance, you know? And so when you want to talk about how did you do it, you just kind of got to do it with with some like rationale. You know what I mean? I mean, like, for God's sake, if you don't have faith in your product, or you don't really love it, or you know what I mean? Like, I do think that there's a lot of beauty in being able to say, fuck it. I'm going to try this and it's not going to be easy. And it's something that lights me up. And it's something that I feel passionate about. It's something that I think I'm going to, that's going to bring me joy. I think there's a lot of weight in that. You know, when I think about all of the versions of me and who I've been in my 33 years of life, there have been so many versions of me. You know, and I think for a long time that was somewhat disorienting or like maybe I had some shame. It was like, well, who the fuck are you? Who are you? And what are you doing? And 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 why do you feel so compelled to like try on so many hats as you go? You know, but like, I don't know, looking back, I... I can tell you that my <laughs> there are absolutely phases that I have gone through and been through that I was like, mm, maybe disordered eating does not look great on you or you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's not as if I have loved all of those versions of me, but I wouldn't be where I'm at without them, you know? And so if that, if you feel called to to start a business or to have a cottage bakery. And I mean, that right there, like let that sort of fuel you, you know, lean in, lean into that. Yes, there's going to be risks and no, it's not always going to be easy. And you're going to constantly be in motion and evolving and 
falling on your face. And I was just thinking the other day about how, you know, it's it's been a year and a couple of months since I've, I've been in business with Buttermoon. And I think about, you know, that first day and that, you know, basically stand, you know, a bake sale that I had on my front lawn, you know, where people came and picked up and were like cheering me on and it was incredible. And now I still get to experience that, you know, like there are still those same people and and more cheering me on and being supportive and being in my corner and recommending my business to other people and continuing to patronize me and lift me up. And I'm still, you know, I've, I've come such a long way in the last year and I still have so much learning to do and so much growth to do. And man, sometimes I am like, I wish that I had this figured out or I wish that this felt easier. I wish that I had more answers for this. And then I'm like, it's been a year and a couple of months, you know? And so dive on in. (laughs) Dive on in. The water is fine. (laughs) You might cry a couple of times. You might learn the hard way with a couple of things, but... That's my best advice to you. If you feel called to that, if that's, you know, if if you would rather experience all of the shitty bits that come with the good parts, you know, if you want to experience all of it as a collective, then I say do it. If you're like, well, you know, because you can't cherry pick. You can't cherry pick entrepreneurship and owning a business. I mean, you can, yeah, no, (laughs) no, you just can't. So you got to take it all, right? And you'd like take it in stride and you learn from it. And then the next time you do better, but there is, I mean, there is a lot of joy in, in what I do. And ultimately I'm really glad that I made that decision for myself and for my family. And so whatever decision that you make, I hope that that's, it feels settled in your bones. You'll have to, uh, I'm curious, you'll have to come back and let me know what you decided to do. Speaking of things that being a business owner, my specific business again, which is a bakery here in Denver called Buttermoon, Something that has sort of, you know, afforded me other opportunities. Um, I have recently started organizing uh, over the last several months a community market uh, here in Denver. And, you know, I'll I'll tell you about it. I'll I'll tell you about it because I love it. But I... You know, this is, this is one of those like magic things about, you know, how you do one thing and then it really just sort of becomes this road for, you know, opportunities and people that you meet. Um, Last year I was at City Park Farmers Market and I got to know 
one of my most favorite people now, Hannah Croft, who some of y'all have heard the episode that her and I have done together several episodes ago. You know, she came and hung out at the markets with me on Saturday and worked and she was like a state like that's that's one of those things that hello like if it wasn't for Buttermoon I would never I would never know that I would never have been at the farmers market and now you know I I had the opportunity to sort of see how things run and operate I got to meet so many incredible vendors and artists and other bakers and makers and food growers and I feel outrageously lucky you know Buttermoon is just sort of like the cherry on top of like all of these other really incredible things and people and situations that I have the pleasure of getting to experience and so with that like I said I have been organizing a community market here in Denver called Offbeat Market. You can find it on Instagram. It's Offbeat Market Denver. Um, And what a source of joy. And, you know, I'm also so fortunate that I am in this position that I know so many other talented people. Uh, My friend, Lara Marie Russo, y'all have heard me talk with her a couple of times here on the podcast. You know, she makes the graphics for it and it's hosted at the Block Distilling Co. in Rhino, where a great friend of mine and Jess both work. And so it's really just sort of become this like, cozy sort of like conglomerate of like people coming together and working together and being in community with one another and again if it wasn't for Buttermoon I wouldn't know you know and this I love owning my micro bakery I love feeding people but this right like this opportunity to connect with my community in the ways that I do and, you know, other vendors and just getting to know my community as a whole, you know, because the, at this point, the the first market that I hosted, I was a vendor there. And sure, you know, I, I know all of the other vendors and I felt comfortable and confident being able to step away from my table and kind of mingle but this last time I really had the opportunity to just be an organizer and speak with the other vendors and sort of get to know the people that were attending the market itself and that is the type of thing that brings me such a tremendous amount of joy and I I'm good at it You know, I mean, like, that's like, you know, like, this is the part and I really do, right? Like when, when you land somewhere in a space where you're like, this just feels good. I'm good at this, right? Like I'm, I'm good at bringing folks together. I'm good at holding space for one another. I'm, I'm good at, you know, like when you start checking off your, whether it's a cottage baker or bakery or whatever the hell you want to do, things just feel in alignment, Right. And you're like, damn, not only am I, you know, good at this, but this brings me 
a tremendous amount of joy and I and I am so fortunate to just be in company with a bunch of other wildly talented folks and the owners of the Block Distilling Co are great and are fantastic hosts and I just I'm very you know it's it's so new and we're such in a in a baby stage this like you know, just emerging sort of market, but I am thrilled to see to see where it's going to go and how this is really going to evolve and all of the vendors that I'm going to come in contact with and the other people in my community that I haven't necessarily had the chance to meet. And so, um, man, get in your community, dig around in there. You know, when I think about um, markets and just, there is such a, there's such a, there are a bunch of them. What am I trying to say y'all? Like Denver is such a fantastic place for that, you know? And so I feel, I feel really fortunate and good that I live somewhere that, you know, for the most part, community feels very in the forefront to a lot of people, you know? And that's like, the the community my friends and the people that I work with and the people that I serve you know I feel very fortunate that the folks that are around me and supporting me and that I keep close to me are are good ones are real ones okay offbeat market Denver y'all you should check it out and if you're ever in the area reach out I love catching up with y'all I'll catch up with y'all next week <laughs>